0: Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit EverynationRosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe.: And it it's such an honor to share the word with you this morning. And you know when you are uh, listening to the word and you think about someone else? outside of this room or in this room, but yourself. So this morning, can we put the mirror on ourselves? Can we reflect on how we are doing in this area of spiritual family? So we are doing our DNA series, the values that we live by. And it has been so incredible. About a couple of weeks ago, we were in the pre-service prayer And Pastor David was sharing a testimony as we were praying for this value series that when they were serving in Kenya, before they came to South Africa, they had some visitors from the U.S. And, you know, uh, these pastors couldn't put their fingers to uh, who are these people, like trying to figure out. And uh, eventually they come to them and ask like, who are you, people? Who are you affiliated with? And Pastor Dave says, we are with Morningstar, which was um, every nation at the time. And he said, I knew it. I could see that there's something in you. Yeah. There is this passion in you. We are every nation. You know, when you meet Omule, Mozengosi, and Rory and ask them who they are the first thing they will tell you is that they are and words like respect, generosity, spirit of excellence, uh kindness will come out of them because this is who they are. This is this are their values. We are every nation. We are spirit-empowered people. We ooze with the word. We ooze with evangelism. Discipleship is part of us. We sleep, eat, wake up discipleship. We are word-based people. Don't come at me with some doom theology. I am word-based. I am every nation. I was a student by day, and by night I was at SH6, His People Bible School. Some of my uh, um, classmates at His People Bible School are here, and we were trained to be word-based so that we don't get confused. Today, we are speaking about spiritual family, and in every nation, we actually don't separate the natural family from the spiritual family. It's just the value of family. You might have heard you know, some of our leaders saying that we do not sacrifice our families at the altar of temporal ministry success. Whether it's here, me, or you at your workplaces, that your family hopefully takes priority to you succeeding in everything that you do. So, what is spiritual family? You know, um, we will reach a common, uh, I think, definition that it's a community of of genuine people who love and care for one another. And Lindy will add that, you know, it's even people who, you know, will point out a spinach in your teeth, literally and figuratively you know, from uh, your teeth. Speaking about um, spinach, I, when I was a teenager, I, I had a crush amongst many crushes, and it was not Simon. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> because crushes have shelf life, right? <laughs> they come and go. But in the life of this crush that I had, um, he came to visit me, and we, we happened to have had um, just lunch that day. And it was involving spinach. <laughs> um, so as we were sitting and chatting, you know, he points out to me, I, I think there's a green uh, thing in, in your teeth. And I said, no, there isn't. <laughs> and he said, yeah, i not sure there is. And I said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, so he says, oh, well, then maybe go look in the mirror. I go to the mirror, and the insensitive green thing, mood killer, is there in my teeth. <laughs> Um, I don't know how the conversation went after that, uh, but I never saw him again. Um, and if there was a time to thank Spinach in Your Teeth, it would be that time because I would have missed out on the good thing here. <laughs> we are a community, we are, a, we are called to point out the difficult things in each one's lives. We are a community, we are a family, we are called to call each other up towards God-given purpose for our lives. That is spiritual family. Church is not a building, church is us. This building will not make any sense if we were not in it. It will just be a building, and Christ loves the church. He likens the love of the church to that of a husband to a wife, and he is so jealous about the church. In Ephesians um, 3.10, it says, Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Through the manifold, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known. It's not going to be about an individual. It's going to be about us. If God has to do something great in our nation, if God has to do something great in the nations of the world, guess who is going to be involved? It's the church. It is us. So we better take serious. In Matthew 16, 18, the he asked the disciples, who do you say I am? Or who do you people say I am? And you know, some of them start speaking these things. And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the, the gates of hell will not prevail against us, meaning that he is the rock, he is the foundation of the church. Without him, we cannot build anything. If we build on the rock that is Jesus, we are immovable as the church. And he protects the church with all that he is. Our favorite um, uh, uh, road trip snake is all sorts licorice. <laughs> and, and I brought them today, but we have a child who actually doesn't like licorice, so we would peel out, you know, uh, the sweets and, and take, I would take the licorice part. But, you know, after peeling all that, it's not all sorts licorice anymore, right? It's just sweets. Without Jesus, there is no church. Yeah. Without Jesus, you know, bringing us together and the foundation, there is no church. Relationships are messy. Without Jesus, we can never do anything healthy relationally. Without Jesus, so He brings us together. Before we go to our text today, Acts two forty-two, I just want to give you a background. I mean. This is uh, the Pentecost uh, a, a moment. You know, the Holy Spirit has just come, come into the room. The 120 have been baptized in the Spirit. There's tongues of fire on each one of them. There's something amazing happening in this room. And Peter preaches uh, his uh, sermon, first sermon. Um, and, and, and things are happening. You know, they are actually cut to, to the heart. Now, this is the people who were just outside and say, what is happening to them? Like, could they be that they are drunk or something? And Peter, you know, begins to explain who Jesus is to those who are outside of the room. And the Bible says they were cut to the heart. When the word of God comes, it has to cut us to the heart. It has to bring truth to our hearts. It has to separate the lies from the truth when the word of God comes. And that's what happened with these people. And they say, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter says, I'm glad you ask. Repent and be baptized. Just what we saw this morning, that people joining a family, these are the things that we do. You repent, and you get baptized. And it says that the 3,000 people were added into the church. What a wonderful moment. And, you know, when they think that, you know what, we are going to just have this huddle and be, you know, slain in the spirit all the time, the revival is happening here, Peter says that I need to teach you how to take this revival into your workplaces into your homes into your churches into the streets of johannesburg this is where church starts let's read acts 2:42 to verse um, 47 it's on the screen and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of the bread and the prayers They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers, to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. You know, um, I love being married to someone most of the time. Uh, me. <laughs> meaning uh, sometimes I really need to, like, Lord, I'm here. Deal with me, not deal with Simon. (laughs) Um, And as much as I love being married to Simon, it pains me that in heaven I won't be married to him, but it is all of you. We get to take people with us to heaven. So people, church, family matters to God because it's going to be for eternity with you all. Um, so what are the traits of a healthy church? Like I'm going to point out five things from these scriptures traits of a healthy church. Number one, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Devotion, the Greek word, means to continue steadfastly, even when there is resistance. Meaning that, you know, probably there were times when they didn't want to sit under the apostles' teaching but they devoted themselves. Even when there was resistance, we open ourselves up to the teaching of the word together as a family. We sit and we theologize together in community. So it happens here on Sunday, and we go to our connect groups that, what did actually Pastor Lindy say? You know, God, bring revelation to us as we open scripture. We pray for each other, and we theologize together in community. And that, on its own, just protects us. Because, you know, when we begin to believe other things and we get into error, there is a member of community who says, I don't think it's like that, my brother. Can we just pray? I don't think it's like that, my sister. Can we pray and open scripture and read the Bible? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25 says, and let us consider how we stay up one another to love and good works. They constantly stirred each other up to good works. And verse 25, not ne- neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So I love the fact that, you know, our team, we were able to get uh, online um, church going so fast during COVID, and it has been such an amazing space for our community. Whether you are sick or traveling, you are able to actually join online church, but that was not the end goal. The end goal is that we hear here together. The end goal is that we commune together and do life together. You know, um I hope that if you are online, that we will see you one of these days walking yes. through these doors yes. and joining us. And if you are outside, yeah. And if you are outside of, you know, houting, wherever you're joining from, I hope that you you ask God to to plug you in into a healthy community of yes. believers, so that you can get life and you can give life. And then secondly, fellowship. So the word fellowship is described as friendly association, um, especially with people who share one's interest. And the Greek word there is uh, kononiaia, meaning fellowship, communion, sorry, uh, yes, communion and participation, that we commune and we participate in each other's lives. We share life together. We do life together. And, you know, in this community, the likelihood is that as they meet together regularly, is that they are dreaming together. They are sparing each other. When one says, this is what the Lord has placed in my heart, you know, the others are saying, go for it. We are behind you. And likelihood also is that, you know, uh, when there was a conflict, that it will be resolved in that community very well. Um, When we are bound together by Jesus, we refuse to give the enemy room to sow disunity, to sow unforgiveness, to sow uh, offenses. But we do what John says in John 13, uh, verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If you have love for one another, people will know that you are Christ's disciples. I hope that in your desk, in your offices, people can tell that you are God's disciples. Yeah. That when you speak about church, not just every nation, Rosebank, but you know, the Big C church, that you are speaking about it like as though, not as though, but it is the bride of Christ, like that you have that reverence when you're speaking about church and that it will make people to actually want to come. Through these doors, let people know that we are Christ's disciples because we have love for one another. Love is the currency of relationships. You know, if we we are going to do relationships and there is no love, we are faking, basically. And in an environment of love, we speak truth to each other. Listen, we are going to offend each other. I am imperfect, you are imperfect, we are all imperfect here, and when two well, all imperfect people come together, there's a potential that we're going to, you know, uh, hurt each other, we're going to offend each other, uh, but we don't disengage. You don't walk out of the store just because I didn't, you know, pronounce Habakkuk properly. Um, LAUGHTER And then you decide to disengage. We are not going to disengage. We are going to engage with one another. We are going to choose relationships over offense. The word calls us to a high standard of dealing with offenses and and misunderstanding. Um, Matthew 18, I just want to read, you know, chapter... Sorry, Matthew 18, uh, verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Go to a person and speak to them. Then you have gained a brother and you have gained a sister. We speak to each other, not about each other. That is harmful. Um, I would encourage you to go listen to uh, Pastor Roger's word on Every Nation in Southern Africa YouTube. It's called The One. And he unpacks this principle of Matthew 18 very well that, you know, I, I don't have time to, but if you go there, you know, it will give you the full picture of what Matthew 18 is. We don't speak about each other, but we speak to each other. If I have harmed you, come to me and speak to me. Don't go to anybody else and, 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 and you know start um, spreading something that people don't even have context about. Because that is very dangerous because sometimes we end up carrying secondary offense, and we don't even know what happened, what is the context in that place. Let's outdo each other with honor. Honor means that, you know, I love you so much, I value the relationship with you, that I will come to you and speak to you. My husband likes saying that (laughs) always believe the best. And if there's any person, I'm not being biased, that always believes the best is Simon. You know, it doesn't give me any chance to come and complain about L'Reco, you know, about... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it says, always believe the best. And where there is a gap, fill it with trust. Where there is a gap, fill it with trust. And how many times, you know, that there is a gap and we, we try, you know, to create uh, unhealthy perceptions of people. Where there is a gap, fill it with trust. Philippians 1.27 says, Conduct yourselves in the manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Can we conduct ourselves in the manner worthy of the gospel. Jesus died on the cross that we can live up to that standard, that we can, you know, represent the bride properly to him. I come from a family where, you know, confrontation, we are very comfortable with confrontation, even though it's not always done right. Um, (laughs) Someone says it's a causal thing. I don't believe (laughs) that. Um. Yeah, and I spend a lot of time asking God, help me to do confrontation right. Lord, help me. And the Lord brought a revelation that I have never looked back since then, that the goal of confrontation is not to shame, but to redeem. The goal of confrontation is not to shame, but to redeem. What do I mean by that is that, you know, You don't confront a person just to clear off your chest. You haven't done anything. You just cleared off your chest. People should never walk away from the confrontation feeling bad about themselves, worthless, you know, guilty, and not wanting to be in your space anymore. But the redemption part is that, you know, people will walk away from that confrontation to reflect, even better to actually say that, you know, I'm sorry, or even come back to you and say, how can I do better? Help me to do better. The goal of confrontation should never be to shame, but to redeem. And number three, the breaking of bread. That includes communion and eating together, sharing the meals together. They had communion Daily, the Bible says they had communion daily to remind each other what Jesus did for them on the cross, to align their thinking to the cross, to align their beliefs to the cross, to spare each other towards good and to spare each other to repentance. When we take communion, we are to examine. And then take communion. Lord, where are we at with you? It's time to reflect. It's time to repent. And it's time to celebrate the death of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. And this community did this daily. That, Lord, what you have done on the cross has brought health to our lives. When there was, you know, there was a a sick person is that here is communion. Remember the stripes of Jesus that brought healing. And they shared their meals together. I was thinking about, you know, the portion of of, uh, the declaration that we do, that we say there shall be no needy among us. And I pray that we are that church family, that there will be no needy among us. We will not hear of stories of people who go to bed without meals. We will not hear of stories of children who are, un, you know, are not able to go to school because school fees is not paid. We are family. This is what spiritually, spiritual family is about. Um, We have received so much from this community. Many of you who are sitting here, we've never gone to bed hungry. Our children are taken care of, and we get to do the same to people. When people are, you know, sick, uh, people like, uh, you know, have babies, we, we take meals. And that can just be done in a community. Even better, in your connect groups. That's where the life is at sharing meals together and so I hope by the end of this service you will look around and go to people that you've never spoken to before and just invite people for meals in our homes and then the fourth the prayers the commentator um, James Montgomery points out that the Greek original word here phrasing Uh, you know, the the actual and specific thing that was happening when they said the prayers, it was not just praying, but it was worshiping together as well. You know, in the temple and in their homes, not just prayer was happening, but worship was happening as well. Just like we do here on Sunday, we come together and worship. And during the week, we go into our connect groups, continue Um, what has happened here. You know, you might have heard people say, I love church, God and I are good, but I... Sorry, I love Jesus, God and I are good, but I just hate church. I'm sorry. Like, you don't love Jesus, you don't love God, and you and God are actually not good, because if we love Jesus and we, God and us, are good... We obey the word. And what does the word say? We commune together. We do spiritual family. We do not neglect the meeting together. We were never meant to go alone. You see, at the heart of knowing God is being welcomed into a church family. It's, you know, a sense of belonging to people. We cannot accomplish all that God has called us to do and to be in isolation. We can never do that. Um, Eugene Peterson says there can, ne- there can be no maturity in the spiritual life, no obedience in following Jesus, no wholeness in the Christian life, apart from immersion in an embrace of community. I am not myself by myself. We can never accomplish anything in isolation. God didn't call us to isolation. God called us into relationship. If you look at the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are in relationship and they are accomplishing so much together. And so we can never be on our own. I don't know if... I, not, I don't know. I know that, you know what, you can never build anything with Lego that is beautiful just with one piece of Lego. You can never. We need all those pieces of, of Legos, you know, to build something. And this is what it is. And finally, they shared resources. Verse 45, and they were selling their possessions And belongings and distributing proceeds to all as any had need. They brought their resources together. They brought themselves together and sharing that. So I've got a a, a toolbox here. It's not not necessarily a toolbox, it's a drill box, but imagine it as a toolbox. Um, And please don't judge me because when I grew up, this was just, you know, it's a spanner box. You know. Um, and when my whenever my dad would be home, my dad was working outside of town, so he would come home twice a month. And whenever he was home, lo and behold, the car needs some fixing. He's underneath the car, you know, just you know, doing something there. And guess who would be next to him with a spanner box? That would be me. I would be the spanner passer, you know. Um and he would say, you know, just give me the spanner. I don't think the guy knew the names as well. I know that each, you know, spanner in the box has got a name, but I don't know. All I know is that they are spanners. <laughs> and I would pass, and he says, no, not that one. I'm like, Papa, which one? Then, you know, and we will do this until we get to the right one. Was my dad's job important just because he was underneath the car and was my job as a spanner passer Uh, less important i don't think so my job was just as important as i was passing you know that tool so no matter how small it may seem in the eyes of people my dad wouldn't do what he did to the car if i wasn't there many of you know assistant Chancha, who passed away a couple of weeks ago Sissin Chandler was serving tea and coffee in the coffee shop. Sorry, not in the coffee shop, in our guest lounge. She didn't interact with many guests. The people that were serving guests were, you know, um, interacting with uh, the guests. But if Sisin Chandler was not there, the guests wouldn't be served fully. Yeah. The people who... Uh, you know, volunteered to, 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 to engage with the guests would have to stand up, leave the guests alone, and go make tea. So all of your gifts, all of your resources are so important to the house of the Father. There is no less gift. My gift is not higher than your gift. We need all of your resources, we need all of your spanners to come and work in the house of the Lord. Amen. First Corinthians fourteen what then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up, when we bring all these things. We are building up the house of the Lord. You know, it's not a spectator spot when you come into church to say, that song didn't just do for me, that preaching was not for me, it didn't quite hit the spot. When has it become about us and not about God? When we come to church, we bring something so that this house can be edified, so that this house can be reached. First Peter two um, five, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. When we come together as that living stones, we are bringing sacrifices of praise before the Lord. And that becomes a good aroma to him. So can we put our toolboxes down, open, and take spinners and work in the house of the Lord together. In closing, I want to read um, Mark 2. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above. And when they had had, had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. This is such a powerful story, an incredible story. I want you to imagine Jesus is sitting in this uh, crowded room teaching the word, and the next thing is like, Bah, in Ruyawa. the house falls down you know, and it's like, what on earth is happening, I don't want to go, but you know, it just happened, (laughs) Um, you know, the roof falls down, (laughs) the guy comes in, what an incredible story, you know, I don't, uh, and and you know I've heard this story in, in in another way, and as I was reading it, there is just a revelation that perhaps they didn't even ask for his permission that we go to Jesus, but they just carried him and and took him to Jesus because him sitting in that condition for that long, I don't know how how many years he was sitting in that condition, that it didn't just affect him, but it affected his community as well. It affected those. Those four friends um, that were with him, and sometimes is that we don't give you an option to go to Jesus, we will carry you to Jesus because your state of unforgiveness is not just affecting you but it's affecting us. Your state of marriage is not just affecting you and your children or your family it's affecting us as a community, so can we be that community? That brings each other to Jesus, and we will not give each other an option that are you going or not? Is that I'm dragging you, you are coming to church. And the reason why I say, look around at people who are here is that when you don't see Mama Getty, Sunday after Sunday, and I know that she sits here, that I will actually find out, where are you? Are you okay? We are to carry each other's mat and bring each other to Jesus. So my question is that who is carrying you to Jesus? Yes. And is there are there people that you are carrying to Jesus? I am so grateful for people who have carried me to Jesus when I felt like I wanted to sit in my grief for as long as I wanted to. I'm glad that people came and said, Come on, go to counseling come on, do something about this, and that we will be that community today. That this message today, we will reflect, and we will not hear things like I've been heard by the church. That today is a day that we're going to do something about this, that we will not speak about each other, but we will speak to each other. We will not carry offenses and perceptions, but we will you know, seek ways of correcting those perceptions. Can we stand and pray? Father, we thank you. We give you glory, Lord. Father, we thank you for the church. We thank you for each and every person here representing your bride, Lord. Father, I pray that, Lord, you will convict us, Holy Spirit. We bring ourselves before you where we have done church, Lord Jesus, in, uh, in the wrong ways. Father God, I pray that, Lord Jesus, you will forgive us. We repent today. We want to do church your way. We want to do spiritual family your way, Father God. Lord, this is your church. This is your church, Father God. The manifold wisdom of God is made known through the church. Lord, I pray that if there is a person here who's been had by church, meaning had by us as people, that, Father, you would bring healing this morning. That, Father God, Lord Jesus, as we've had this message, Lord, we will be representative, Father God, and go out there and do church to others properly, Lord. Father, I pray that, Lord, we will know that each and every gift that we carry is valuable to your kingdom. That there is no less of a gift and there is no, you know, superior gift. Father, I pray that, Lord, we will all bring what you have given us, whether it's a gift of hospitality, gifts of generosity, that we will bring all that to the house. Thank you, Father. We give you glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Thank you,
1: Pastor Lindy. My word. Who feels a little rebuked? Because that's what church will do for you. (laughs) So, you know, I'm one of those people who likes to do a gratitude journal. um, Maybe not every day, but often I like to just list the things that I'm grateful for. And what I... What continually comes up on my list is this community, is this house, is you guys, who you are. What I know for sure is I wouldn't be here without spiritual family. And I feel like you guys wouldn't be here without spiritual family. And something we've got to just make our peace with is that the church is for imperfect people. In fact, the church is the only place in the world where we say, Sinners, come here. If you're a sinner, come here. Because all of us were sinners. And we are saved by grace. But that doesn't mean we're perfect. And the church of Jesus Christ isn't perfect, but it's amazing. Because we are being formed into His image. And everything Pastor Lindy spoke about is how we are being formed into His image. And something you've got to understand is that spiritual family is spiritual. There is a dynamic in spiritual family. And let me explain it to you. We keep saying things like, God, you're all I need. But He has dictated how we will receive Him. And what He has said is, you look to your fallen, broken brother next to you. You look to your fallen, imperfect sister next to you and you receive me. There are things you are only going to get from God, out of God, by God, through me. Through you, 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 you. And there are, what, 51 one another commandments in the New Testament? Love one another bear with one another comfort one another i'm not gonna do all 51 but you get it right those are actual commandments are we obeying them you see we're so concerned about are we pleasing god do you want to know how to please god everything pastor lindy said this morning see we're so worried who should i marry where should i live what should i do god doesn't say anything about that in the bible He says, love one another. If we can't love each other in the church, how are we going to love sinners in the world? This is serious, right? And so for a moment, close your eyes and think about how are you pleasing God in this regard? Because this is how we please Him, by living right with each other. And yes, because the church is imperfect, you may have been hurt by people in the church. But Jesus, 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 we gather to Him and for Him. And if there is offendedness, if there's hurt in your heart because of the church, today you are going to begin a process of healing with Jesus. Because you cannot live like that any longer. That's not His will for you. That's not His plan for you. And so maybe you need to go and speak to some people, like Pastor Sunday said, not about them, to them. Maybe they're long gone. You need to talk to Jesus then. He knows. He knows everything. He knows stuff about that situation you don't even know. But we make a commitment to each other this morning. We are spiritual family. And we're going to obey the one another's, even when it's hard. And it is hard. But Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so, Lord, we bring our hearts before you this morning. We want to please you, Lord. Our desire is to please you. Help us to obey the commandments you have clearly written out. Holy Spirit, bring us fresh grace for those who are hurt among us, for those who have been damaged among us, for those who are offended among us. Lord, thank you that you see our hearts. And God, we acknowledge those things to you. We're not going to pretend that that isn't there. And Holy Spirit, we pray for strength and grace to forgive, to release, to let go of. Because we want your peace and we want your joy. And we want to demonstrate to the world what it looks like when we love Jesus. What it looks like when we do what he asks us to do. And so, God, we bring our hearts to you. And in your heart, make a fresh commitment to the bride of Christ because you are the bride of Christ, and I am the bride of Christ. And everybody standing next to you is the bride of Christ, and Jesus loves his church. Make that commitment afresh this morning. Thank you for hearing our prayers this morning, Lord. Thank you that you're going to give us the strength we need to commit afresh and to deal with ourselves and our own hearts before you, Lord. And, and right now, just ask the Lord to fill you with his love. I, I can't love you in my own love. It'll come to an end, but I can love you with Jesus' love. Fill us with your love right now, Lord Jesus. Teach us to love, to love, to love, to love. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And so as we are the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, we're going to do our benediction, but I want you to find somebody maybe walk across aisles, find somebody you don't know, look them in the eye, tell them you're my brother, you're my sister. (laughs) Yes, the body of Christ. (laughs) okay now speak this over each other you're going to follow after me in the benediction the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace Amen. Let's praise the Lord. Amen. And so as you go, release that blessing. If you need prayer for anything out of the sermon, please come up. The ministry team is going to be waiting for you here. If your parents are small children, please